You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So this is Rabbi Yoshev on the Parsha. The Pasuk says that Avram Avinu saw, he walked with the Malachim. It says, Cholach Imam L'Shalchom. Why does the Torah tell us that he walked with them? So the Rambam, in the beginning of Hilchas, in, in Hilchas Evel, in Perak Yudalad actually, says, from here we see there's a mitzvah to be Malava Orchim. And it's a chok, shechokaku Avram Avinu, the Rambam says. It's one of the things that became the way to treat a guest. That Avram Avinu set in stone that his students and children, of course, and students saw it. That's the way you, that is the way you, that is the way you treat your guests. They're chachesed. And it's all about, of course, as we see in this parsha, the Rambam says, guests who are on the road, bring them in to eat, give them what to drink, and also accompany them. Now, what is the shear? The Rambam says. Based on the Gemara, the Rambam says, if, depends who's, who it is, let's say a Rebbe has one of his students over. So even though they had the schus to eat by the Rebbe, the Rebbe walks with the students until about 70 Amis out of the city. Let's say it's not, it's equals, a person and his friend. He takes them into... Um, he takes them into his house and he walks with them all the way till 2,000 Amas out of the city. That's called the Leviah. Talked about the halachic Leviahs earlier about bearing a mess. This is the Leviah of a, of, of a lava alive person. And if, if your Rebbe was by you and your Rebbe is leaving town, you go with your Rebbe, the Rambam says, a parsa, which is four mil. And if he's your Rebbe Muvuk, it's 12 mil, which is the, which is the size of the, the, which was called the, of, of, of how they traveled in the desert. That's how big it was. That's the sheer of a, of, of, of a huge camp. That's the amount that you walk with your Rebbe Muvuk. That's in the Rambam. So Revel Yoshev, asks the following question. It's here in the Parsha, developed by Shas, codified by the Rambam. Why is it not in the Shulchan Aruch? Why, isn't, why is there not a place in the Shulchan Aruch that it speaks about doing this? Now, he says, at the end of Chayish and Mishpat, the Ramah has a reason. And he says that the reason why, and he talks there about being Malava, your Rebbe. He said, the reason why we're not Malava the Rebbeim, because most Rebbeim today are mochel on this. There's an attitude, you don't have to go walk with me. Okay, that's what the Ramos says. Um, the great Chofetz Chaim asks the question as well, and came up with a very big Chiddush, why the Din of Leviya is not put in, Shul, in Shulchan Aruch. Because it was only in the time of the Ram, up until the Rambam's time. 
where what did it mean a city? The roads were not in any way indicated. And if you didn't know what street you were on, there was no uh, sign saying, you know, this is the, the arrow pointing out of town. You never know what could happen. You, you, a person who's, who you don't have someone who gently guides you out of the city, it's a sakana. That's why there was a chova of Levia. It isn't just to be company. It's because it's a part of safety. But therefore, from the time of the Shulchan Aruch onward, streets became, again, we can check whether this is true or not, and from the 16th century on, when did is it that the streets started to get uh, indicators? Maybe it wasn't every block the way we have it, but it already became not a sakon, a, a person was not going to vulgar arim. Obviously, if the person is has a terrible sense of direction, of course you need to help him. We're talking about someone who's a nice, strong person, he has good eyesight. Still, the Rambam says is a mitzvah of Levia. The Chavetz Chaim explains that that's based on the idea of helping him, of saving him from the the uh, the danger of being on the road, which is not true anymore. Um, so, therefore, the Chavetz Chaim says you should still do at least Dalit Amis. Why? Because if you look in the Gemara, the Gemara says that just by having someone show that care for you, that bonding that occurs, that's also something that can help. That some unexpected event should not uh, cause a problem for the person who is leaving. Okay, that was the answer that the Chavetz Chaim gave. In the more modern times, the Chazanish dealt with this question. The Chazanish says that uh, it doesn't maybe explain why it's not in the Shulchan Aruch, but the idea and the concept of being malav as someone made sense where every person was on his own. Where when you traveled, you were like one person on an island, but the population has grown. The cities have expanded to a point that everybody, when you get into a car, even by yourself, there's people all around you. And there's people in wagons and walking. Everyone is there. So it turns out, the Chazanish says, Everybody's being everyone. They don't know they're doing that. But the guy in the car next to you is being you. So, therefore, uh, that could be one of the reasons why this whole Indian of being malava someone uh, is not something that has halachic relevance. It's still a very nice thing, but uh, the question would be, if you have another mitzvah to do, uh, have, you, have you not fulfilled Achnos According to the Chazanish, you don't have to worry. And it sounds like Rabbi Yoshev felt the same way. Um, another Chiddush that we have from Halacha, from this, posse, from this parsha, is um, we know that Lot, when he gets saved from stone, um, asked the Malach to allow him to go to uh, the, the city that was closest. It was called Vehi Mitzor. Right? That was the fifth of the cities. Now, um, 
the, the Torah goes out of the way to explain this that and tells us the Pusik uh, that was relevant. We're told seemingly unnecessarily that Lot asks the Malach. He said, um, There's this city that's close by. Let me go over there. Hello, Mitzor. It's small. Why do we need to know all about that? What do we need to know about where that he wanted to go to that place? So Chazal learned out a lesson. What is that lesson? That it doesn't mean that uh, the city was that a small city, it's good to live in a small city. Meaning, if you have a, uh, have a uh, choice of where to live, it's better for you to live in a city that was recently established. Why? A city sort of carries within it the, the sins of the ancestors. A city that was just built, so the amount of sin in that city is less. So again, I guess a housing project or a, a suburb, it's, 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 it's better to live there than in an old uh, in Manhattan or something that, that's full of Averis back to the time of Henry Hudson. So it's better to live in some Levittown, some suburb, some new city, because there's a, there's, there's greater schuyot. Because again, your Shemayim, of course, is different. Cities that had Sadiqim for a long time is one thing. But if you're in Chutzlar, it's in Golis, so to speak, it's better to choose some sort of new town. Right. So a city that has been recently established, Rava Bar Machasya says, that's where you should live. So that's a Gemara in Shabbos. Rebel Yoshev during the Shir was asked when he gave Shir on that Gemara and Dafyud, he says it's still Wahalocha. If you have a choice of two different towns, better to go to a town that has recently a, a town of recent development. Now, obviously, if the if the if the town the, the second town doesn't really have a strong yeshiva yet and doesn't have Bene Taira there, it's obviously better to go to the first town. But all things being equal, it would be better to go to a town, Lahalocha, that has, uh, and has less of a history. And that could be one of the reasons why they're always, you know, besides the more space, there's a, a Segula Indian of going to such a city. And that's something, interestingly, that we learned from Lot, the, the importance of, of where you're going to live. Last week, when we spoke about uh, Rabbi Yoshev's shir, we also spoke about Rabbi Yoshev uh, saw from Avram Avinu many ideas of having a kviyas mokom. But this is where the Gemara and Brachos learns it. From Avram Avinu, uh, tragically, the day after, standing at that same spot where he argued for uh, the people of Stone, Avram Avinu was again standing there and 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 and, and, and hoping and davening again, hoping that things, uh, his, his tefillahs had been accepted the day before, even though he realized that they were not. 
The Gemara, when it speaks about this act of Avram Avinu, the Gemara says that Omar Rav Chelva Omar Rafuna Kol Kaveya Mokul Mutfiwaso Ekei Avram Bezroi Ukeshemais Oimrimlo Ei Onov Ei Chosid Mitalmidav Shavram Avinu. When that person dies, it's said about him that he was such a modest person. He was such a a a a, a chosid. He was Avram's student. He followed Avram's path, having a certain place to daven always. So, Rav Yoshev asks a very simple question, okay? Shows consistency, but where do you see modesty? Um, the truth is, many people are not so modest about their mokum tefillah. <laughs> they put a stender there, they tell people to get out of there, right? Or if they don't tell people to get out of there, they walk over uh, to the same spot where that person is davening, right? Then they sort of like, oh, well, you know, this is really my spot, but... Uh, so where does Kriyas Mokom, um, where does Kriyas Mokom tie into being an Anav? So Rabbi Yoshev had a very cute answer to this, and it really shows his understanding of, of society. He said that if you think about it, um, Many times you become part of a shul. And whatever happens in terms of alias you got, in terms of how they treated you at a bar mitzvah, So therefore, you're always thinking, you know what? I'm going to go daven someplace else. I had enough. They insulted me. I'm davening all this time. They gave this guy an aliyah. When we needed to make a bar mitzvah, they wouldn't let me have that date. All different times you become part of a shul life for an extended period of time. There's so many opportunities, as we spoke about Rav Shach the other night, that you can have tainas on people around you, and especially about a shul. And yet, you still stay there? You still go there? A person who stays as a regular Joe member of a shul, that shows he's an honor. Because you do need a certain sense of unevil, Shreve Yosher said, to have, to be a long-term member, not of the way things happen. Um, that was Rebbe Yosher's pshat, but it, actually the Ben Ishchai, in his Sefer Ben Yoyoda, um, asked the same question and gave a similar answer. This is what the, this is what the Ben Ishchai said. And of course, obviously, Rav Yoshev spoke about Yerushalayim or Bnei Brak, a place where you have many, many choices with many, many shuls. Rav, uh, the Ben Ishchai was speaking in Baghdad, not sure if there was such a plethora of places to daven. What the Ben Ishchai was talking about was, let's say you have a big shul. And the way it works in the big shul is, you move up. There's, of course, the place where the most Hoshima people are, and there's the place where the people who just became members, the young kids, Davin, the teenagers, the people who are, who are poor, people who are in the middle. So we know that most of the time you start off in that big show as a child, and then now you're already sitting with the, with the older kids, with the adults. And then you have poor people who now you see, I can move up towards the Mizrach, I've got money. That's what the Gemara is saying. Koveya Mokom, you don't move from that place. That even 
after you grew up, after you became wealthy, you say, look, I'm just going to be in the place where I started. I don't need to move up. I'm not being gorous. You know, what is in the shul, this attitude, now it's time to move here. Yeah, I'll stay here. So that is the... Um, that is the anivus of someone who's koveya mokom. He doesn't follow the usual social path. Derachagav, Rav Hutner Zatzal said that, um, you know, it's sometimes the biggest gaiva <laughs> to daven in the back. It's like, <laughs> you know, at the, uh, you, know and I, you come into a shul, you daven to one, it's like you're showing everybody, even though you're a rov and this, you daven in the back, it's really reverse gaiva. That, you know, you don't want to, uh, you know, um, you, you feel like you're, you see, you can almost feel, as you see, I'm, I, as you know, I'm a big rov and everything, but I'm not davening up in the front. So there's a lot of all different types of things, unfortunately, that go into people's minds uh, in terms of in terms of being in the shul. Um, Rebbe Yosha was asked the following question. We know that when a person becomes an ovel, he davens for the tzibur. Well, if he davens for the tzibur, he's now moved, he's lost his makam kavua, right? Um, it's a it's a to daven, this is my place in shul. And now, for the next 11 months, you know, if there's a one of or two of Elim, many of his tfilos are in a different spot. They're as the shliach tzibur. Now, you could say, what's well, a schus to be shliach tzibur? But well, there's other people to be shliach tzibur. Um, and especially, let's say, you know, let's say there's a whole, uh, like in many shuls, there's, there's, there's a list of 20. So when you have your choice, aren't you missing the great schus of davening in your makam kavua? So Rabbi Yoshev said that when you daven as a, as a, as a, as a chazan, that itself is kibadav. And when you daven as, 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 as an oval. And obviously, uh, that is a, uh, that's a very big tzayrach. Um Because if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, it says, you should have a makam for your tefillah, im lo litzorach, unless there's a reason that you're, not, that you're changing. You don't want to insult the person who's sitting in your seat. There's something else going on there. There's a bad smell in that spot. Well, this is definitely a tzayruch. You're, you're, you're being machabed, your father. In fact, um, um, obvious, even, just one second, even, sure. even uh, the Revol Yashav quoted the Ramah in Yeridea that says, um, even in the places where uh, they would reserve Kadeshim for Avelim, and you didn't get the Kaddish, it's be- in other words, it's better for you to daven than to get the prime Kaddish. And obviously that is something that is a, uh, a schus for, uh, for, for, for Al-Skibadav, and that becomes a tzairach. Um Dr. Kogan wants to suggest another answer uh, to Rebbe Yoshev's point, that when you daven for the Amud, it's not like you've left your spot. You've assumed like a communal role. It's like you're still standing in that spot, even though you happen to be in, in front of the the the, the bima. Um, that is Rebel Yoshev halach, some halachos that come out of Parshas Vayero. But there's some halachos Rebel Yoshev developed out of the Haftorah of Parshas Vayero. The Haftorah of Parshas Vayero 
of course, is the uh, the the death of the child by Elisha, and Elisha's the Isha uh, Shunamis, who how the child is brought back to life. Now she does not tell her husband originally uh, why she is going to see Elisha. Her the, the child has died, and she is on her way to find him. So her husband asks her, why are you going to the Navi? It's not Chodesh and it's not Shabbos. It's not Rosh Chodesh and it's not Shabbos. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah brings a proof from this Pasuk that we're going to lead in the Torah. Because that's why she's going. There's a mitzvah to see your Rebbe on Regel. Now, even though it says Chodesh and Shabbos, Regel was included with Chodesh and Shabbos. Right? A special time, a special time of enhanced Kedusha, you see the Rebbe. Now, what is the proof to Yontif? So, Rabbi Yoshev quoted in this regard when he gave Shir and Rosh Hashanah. He quoted the famous truth of the Nodi Behuda that says Shabbos and Chaydish has Kedusha. There's a Korban Musaf. Avalachatil Chayv Lakabal Pnei Rabo Kol Chaydish V'Shabbos Why can't, if that's true, then you should you should have Kabbalah's Pnei Rabbi every Shabbos, just like the Pasuk. So nobody explains the reason why it's not, because we know, the Gemara in Kedushan says, this is all the Nodi Biyuda, that a Talmud cannot, if he's in the base Medrash, should only stand twice a day for his Rebbe. Why? Because if he stands more, it's like he's standing in attention more than the amount of times he's dominating. And you can't be machabed your, your Rebbe more than you show covet for God. So what would happen is if you would, every Shabbos or every Rish you would take a trip to see your Rebbe, then, the Nodebuta says, then it, you'd be showing more covet to your Rebbe than from God. Because we know the it's, there's only an idea of going to Yerushalayim three times a year. So really, you can see from the Pasuk that we read in this week's Haftarah, there's a special Kedush on Shabbat, special Kedush and you could connect to your Rebbe in a special way that during the week it's not Shaykh. However, doing that every Shabbos and doing that every week would be an elbow against God. And that's the reason why Chazal understood that it's only Baregel. Even though the Pasuk is every Shabbos, they could not apply it to every week because that would have been, a, as we say, an elbow patronponim to God. So because of that, it became, when you're going up to see the Shechina, that's where you also would go to see your Rebbe. So... Um, 
We don't not either. So since what it was meant to do was to sort of like tap in to the Kedusha, well, there's no Kedusha in Yerushalayim anymore to go up there the way we used to. So therefore, there's no Mokum, he says, the, the Narebita says, to to Kabbalah's Pnei Rabo Therefore, the mitzvah Kabbalah's Pnei Rabo is not, it's not, it's not knowing Bizmana Mikdash, Bizman Besa Mikdash, it was three times a year. Without a Besa Mikdash, there's, it's almost like you can't tap into the Kedusha because it's sort of not really here in this world. And even though the Rebbe is a wonderful person, the idea of Kabbalah's Pnei Rabo doesn't apply. And that's why the Nebuchadnezzar says that if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, once again, it's one of the halachos that isn't in the Shulchan Aruch, that you have to be makabo pnei rabo berego. Because it might be true in the Rambam, who brings halachos that are true when there's a Beis HaMikdosh, but not in the Shulchan Aruch. The Mogan Avram, however, Rav Yoshev points out, uh, in a number of places, disagrees and says that even Bismanazeh, there's a special Indian, even without a Besamikdosh, to go to your Rebbe. Now, Rabbi Yoshev wondered that is a woman chayev in Kabbalah's Pnei Rabbo. A woman has a Paisik, a woman has someone that, that she has Shilas to, a woman has someone that she's learned from. Lachora, you should bring a Raya from the, the Isha Shunamis. Because her husband said, Madua Atalechis. So Rabbi Yoshev pointed out that if you read the Nodi Buda carefully, you'll see the Nodi Buda says that you see from there that there was an idea that what people did, but not that it's that, that it's the direct source of the mitzvah. Lois etzemachiv. So women might not do it, but there would still be an Indian for them to do it. They're not mechuyev to do it, but there's still an Indian. That much you can see. For women also to have a chance to see their rov, to see the, the person that means a lot to them. Could even be, I guess, a woman rabbi. is a, Not a woman rabbi, but a yoetzet or whatever that is. Um, based on the Noite Behuda, that it's somehow like going up to God, you don't need to speak to you. You don't need even to speak to him. It's not about talking. It's not about interaction, he says. So Rabbi Yoshev felt that as long as, even when it was done, we don't necessarily, he agreed with the Nodi Buda that it doesn't need to be done, Bisman Azeh, even though the Mogan Abraham says yes. But either way, you don't really need to spend a lot of time. You don't need to meet the Rebbe. Okay, we always talk in the Chesidish world, they talk about spending Yontif with the Rebbe. You were there. You saw him. There's something there in a way that, 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 is, that is a symbol of Kedusha. All right. But um, you don't have to speak to him. Um, and Rav Yoshev says he remembers that by Rav Yisra Zalman Meltzer in Yerushalayim, one of his great students, Rav Leib Chasman, 
would show up. He would go into Avisar Zalman Meltzer's home and leave right away and then go back and learn. <laughs> yeah, that was it. He didn't sit down. He didn't necessarily he would leave and come out. So that shows you what this is about. Um, Rabbi Yoshev also pointed out that the Rebbe can send out a message and say, no, you, nobody has to come. That uh, as much as it's still showing a COVID, Rabbi Yoshev said that, again, the, the Mario Diskin, and people wanted to come to see him, who was uh, Rav and Brisk and Yerushalayim, he would basically say, ah, Michael, you don't have to come see me. What about Rabbi Yoshev himself? We see that he gave shiurim on this topic. There are people who wanted to come and see him. So the truth is, of course, his son-in-law came on Yontif. Others came during Yontif. Usually, honestly, it was only very choshev rabbonim and students who were able to see Rebel Yoshev on, on Yontif. And, and he didn't just say, get out of here. He would sit down with them. He'd give them a drink, a lachayim. Now, the rest of the community with Rebel Yoshev um, would see him, but only when he went to Shul and then the later years in the caravan, um, when he would be a Sandik, he didn't push anybody away, but he was asked once, that why doesn't he act like Rav Steinman, maybe some of the other, uh, Rav Shach and others, that um, you should have like an open door in your house. I mean, in other words, the Tzibor wants you. You're the Paisik. You're the Amud Hayra. Everybody wants to see the Rebbe of Klal Yisrael. And it's true, they do see you, but not in a way that you, you have the door open, that people can just come in. So first he would say like this, I don't know if I'm their, I'm their Rebbe or not. There has to be something. There has to be, you know, this, this person, I'm, I'm the Rebbe of this person. I don't know. And then I'm only, look, there's no Chiyav anyway, according to Nadi Behuda. And third, okay, if they see me, it's also good enough. They don't, my house doesn't have to be open <laughs> for that. And that really shows you that he lived in, in a way, according to, uh, he lived in a certain way, according to the same, <laughs> the same way he, 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 he preached. We'll end tonight with a, um, with Rebel Yoshev's very common sense understanding of, you know, Avram Avinu, we talked about him uh, being Malava the Yorachim. Um, obviously, Avram Avinu stood for Chesed. He was the embodiment, Rebel Yoshev said, of Chesed in this world. And we can definitely take many lessons, as we saw from the Rambam, about what does it mean to be Mishased. But there's another reason to understand Avram's Chesed. He says, we have to realize that we don't live in the same period. And, and, and because of that, in today's time, if somebody would want to um, circulate a, a, a new discovery or something that he found out about it. So we know what it is. You, you need, don't even need to hire a PR person. You, you upload it to the internet. People hear about it. You get a reportage about it. And the world finds out. But when we're talking about a new idea of monotheism, the idea of one God, 
the service of one God in a certain way. And I remember when Avram Avinu started, he was one against thousands and thousands of other paths. His was the unique strange path. How what, how was it going as one person to really do the job well? So um, Rebel Yashiv uh, used the mushal. And maybe it's uh, sort of like apocryphal, maybe it didn't really happen. But there was a certain um, a, a city called uh, Horodok. Maybe, I don't know if that um, brings the bell with you. And the Rav of Horodok uh, was a wonderful man, but he had a wife who was not happy with having guests. She felt her husband had enough responsibilities. They don't need guests for Shabbos. She didn't sign up for that. He paskins in the city. He teaches. That's good enough. Well, one time, a um, a, uh, a childhood friend of the Rav came to the city. And the Rav understood, this is someone I knew when I was young. Now he's here. I've got a, he's a balabal, so I have to have him, I have to invite him. But he was worried because he knew that his wife would not be happy having any guests and having to prepare for a guest. So he told her the following. He said, there's a Baal who came to the city and the Baal is going to stay with us. A Baal Someone who has a koichas beyond teva, someone who has the power to give big brachas. Ah, that I'll be Michael. That'll be something. So she ended up preparing so unusually for that job. It's like she never did. In fact, she even told her, she told her neighbors, all the women, she told her that there's a Baal was going to be staying there. So the fellow who had been this Balabas, who had been the childhood friend of the Rav, came with the uh, the Rav uh, after uh, after Friday night, came to the house, they made Suda. And, you know, the Rebetzin was looking and seeing, was he going to maybe have Shirayim? Was he going to give brachas? Were people going to come? Um, her husband and the wife asked the husband, why isn't he doing anything? Uh, I told the neighbors, maybe they could come and get a bracha from him. Mm. The husband said, seems like he doesn't want uh, to show his powers. So, same thing happened in the morning. In fact, by Shalashidis, people had all heard about it, and they all wanted to come and see, you know, this, this great tzaddik. And maybe they felt, about what Revel Yoshev said, now that it's the Shalashidis time, the time of Ravin, the Ravin, oh, now we're finally going to see uh, the great, the great Baal Shem, who's going to somehow... Um, Download the incredible Kedusha at Shalashidah's time. So they're looking and they're saying, eh, just the guy sitting there eating uh, eating some egg salad. No. Shabbos is over. The man says, thank you. The carriage leaves. He's gone. A wife goes over to her husband, the Rav of Horodok, and says, about Shem? This was a Baal Shem. What was it? He ate. He didn't eat like a like a tzaddik. Anything we gave him, he was just like a regular guest. 
What sort of tzad? I don't understand. I, this is was this is this great tzaddik, this great holy man. They said I didn't say he was a tzaddik and a holy man. I said he was a Baal Shem. What does that mean, a Baal Shem, Rebetzin? If there's somebody that you treat well, properly, the way we should treat all guests, that person will go and say, you know what? I stayed in Horodok, and you wouldn't believe the way the Rebetzin prepared meals for me. Ah! On the whole earth, there's no one like that. That was the best Shabbos I had. We don't take guests in. You know what they say? They say, oh, you never heard of a klafta like that. Any guest is a Baal Any guest is the greatest advertisement. The customers are the greatest advertisement. The ones who interact with you. Avram had a task. His task was to spread the idea of monotheism. So he, what he did was, he made the best home with the, with the openings, and anybody, any guest was there, got the royal treatment. Of course, as Revel Yashem says, we know from the Gemara in Saita, between courses, he would speak to them. Speak to them, what does it mean to be a person? Ask questions about what, where they're at and what was going on with them. And after they ate and drank, the people would say, well, what do I owe you for this? I'd like to contribute to the cause. He said, you didn't eat from me. It all comes from God. Praise God. That guest, when they spread throughout the Middle East, throughout Mesopotamia, they saw something unique and special there. They saw someone who was old and aristocratic, but everybody was had the Kabbalah Ba'ava, had the best food, the best uh, relation, the best type of the speech with them. And what did he want for it? All I had to do was, was, was make a brocha. That's all I had to do. That's what they would say everywhere. And by saying that, that's the way that God's name gets spread. And that's why we have a rem, as Rebbe Yoshev said. What do we say that was the, that he served them? Chazal say he served them tongue and mustard. Loshon. He served them something which was all about their, what they would talk about. The speech that he would have with them. The speech that they would say back but also the chardal, that the tongue would be sort of like pickled in a way, ready to tell other people about what had occurred. That was the idea of the Losha, because that really was what, what, what this was about. Of course, Avram loved people, but he also knew that nothing sells the idea of Advar Hashem than this type of a relationship, this type of, of, of right, and that's also one of the reasons Rabbi Victor Miller uh, said that um, the um, um, uh, at the seder, you know, why do we say so? As we say in the Agadah Shopesach, Ibe Yomu Yochum 